0: Welcome to the We Invested Podcast, where we teach you how to save and make more cash. I'm your host, Wesley Earp, and this is season four, episode 37. And on this episode, we sit down with Eric Brander, the founder and CEO of FONDS, a mobile and web-based platform that streamlines payment and scheduling for appointment-based businesses. If this is a service you'll be interested in, click the link in the description for a 14-day free trial. Let's do it. Today on the We Invested Podcast, we have Eric Brenner, and he is the founder and CEO of Fonds.com. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm so good. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit earlier before we started recording and just talking about how cool the city of Seattle is and, and you know, how, how you're enjoying it and how I enjoyed it as well. Yes. You know,
1: I uh, I grew up in a very rural part of Virginia, like in a log cabin. And from a very young age, I realized I wanted to hit the West Coast when I could. And, you know, and then this whole Seattle scene from Jimi Hendrix and all the music has always attracted me. And I sure. moved here for a summer after my undergraduate and decided I'd never leave. So I kind of fell in love with the Pacific Northwest.
0: No, that's incredible. And so, you know, speaking about just, you know, where you grew up and being from Virginia, what was that like for you? How was how was it growing up for you?
1: Uh, I, you know, I had a really fantastic childhood. You know, I grew up in a really rural spot. My dad was a serial entrepreneur and my my grandfather was a concert classical pianist and a music teacher, right? And a band director. So I had a, I was really, I grew up as an artist uh, in a family that really valued business. Uh, and I got to see my dad succeed and fail and succeed and fail many times, which was great. Uh, but at the same time, it was still very loving. And when I wanted to become a, a classical guitarist, guitarist or a classical musician, and a session player, they were very supportive of that. So uh, there was a lot of love. And I mentioned that because I also missed out on a lot. When you grow up in a rural area like that, there's a lot of educational opportunities. They're a little different than what you have when you're in a, you know, more of an urban environment. So overall, pretty awesome.
0: No, for sure. For sure. And so, you know, how would you say that growing up in Virginia and uh, that kind of rural area, how would you say that impacted your outlook on success or even life? That is a that's an amazing question because one of
1: the things about that part of the world and I'm really no one's ever asked that before but it's really incredible is that there's a different idea of what success is in like really rural America and I'm really you know many people from where I went to high school didn't go on to college right or and they still have meaningful lives and they kind of stayed in that area uh, and they have a very different mindset than what I do. And what a lot of the people I hang out with now do, but I'm really grateful that I was able to understand both of those two worlds, you know, and and understand the rural America side of things and the urban America side of things, because they both have a beauty to them. You know, there's a lot of love, a lot of family, a lot of food. Uh, So, yeah, that's a great question.
0: Exactly. No, I mean, I agree with that 1000%. I came from a rural area too. And so I feel like when you come from a rural area to like a city, or urban setting, it just gives you a different outlook on life and you can kind of, you have the chance to merge both worlds together. And I feel like it can make you a little bit more successful because you really understand the, the benefit of hard work and then you understand the city life. So it's a, it's a huge benefit.
1: Yeah, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I, I do think it is, I agree with you. I think it's a huge benefit and it's something people should explore, you know, the space of the country and then you know, the slugging it out in the city you know it's kind of a it's a great process
0: exactly exactly so let's just kind of jump into the business side a little bit um because i think you have a very interesting business a very interesting company so you know what is Fonz.com? Um, fons.com Fonds means wellspring of knowledge in Latin. It means wellspring nice.
1: and so the idea is the before fons was founded i was a musician and i was very passionate about teaching and teaching, and I created a, a music school here in Seattle, and was very successful with it, and really had a great life. My wife's an actor, and we were just really able to have, create a great impact on this community. Uh, and then about five and a half years ago, I had the opportunity. Uh, you know, I was at that point in my career where I'd been doing it for a long time, and I was thinking about maybe going to get an MBA or, or um, you know, go back to get a master's or something like that, or go to law school. And I had an opportunity to just basically do a tech startup, right? With someone under the tutelage of someone who has done it very successfully before, had recently exited, uh, you know, was very successfully and kind of took me under their wing with the idea of automating the work I was doing, right? Because you have all these small business owners that do this great work, whether personal trainers or academic tutors or music teacher, whatever. There's all these things that uh, there was no centralized operational system to automate their business right from lead management to how they process payments to how they schedule and these businesses are very special and that they're based on trust like if i'm your guitar teacher you know me i see you every week i watch you grow up you trust me so we bonds to answer your question in a really long way is a an automated scheduling and payments platform that's based on this idea of of reducing friction and having a client-based business right uh, these people uh, give to give them real business acumen, and to give them real uh, tools to you know our, our big ideas we we eliminate invoicing, right? So you could think of it in one way like an Uber, like you take your guitar lesson with me, you leave the lesson, and your card gets billed. It's very fair and it automates the stuff that that people find stressful, like enforcing my cancellation policy. Like we're friends, I don't want to enforce that, and but the right. system does all that stuff for you. And so what Fons does is it it's like a business in a box for any type of impact-based or appointment-based uh, business like that.
0: For sure. I mean, and it sounds like it really gives its users the benefit to focus more on creating and the, the chance to focus more on running their business. Because I know, you know, for a lot of creative people, they like to just focus on creating. So it may be a little bit tougher to be Analytical or focus on the numbers. You just want to focus on creating. So it may, it may feel strange to go and ask somebody, "Hey, I need a payment," when all you want them to do is just learn the music and really progress and get better.
1: Yeah, you nailed it. That's it. Is it's doing it's doing the stuff you don't want to do inherently, and because and when that stuff's automated for you, the 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 value proposition is that suddenly you're making more money right? Because you're you're just basically automating the agreement you already had, but it just does the stuff that kind of would make you anxious or you wouldn't want to do. It does that for you. And the great thing is, you know, most of our clients are, they're often professionals. They they appreciate a professional relationship, right? They get it, you know, and uh, this, you know, by creating this, it actually just has more retention of your clients, better relationships. Uh, so it, it's work we feel really good about, right? And we, we just had our first month of uh so we had twenty thousand appointments go through the wow. platform this month which is kind of a milestone for us and we did over a million dollars in in transactions on the platform which we really we're really stoked about It was kind of just a, a great february 1st to wake up and see that
0: for sure no i mean that's really incredible um you know and so you kind of mentioned that you you've had an interest you've been a musician for you know a, a long time early on you've been a musician have you always had that interest in tech what kind of sparked you, or or what gave you that spark to want to kind of get into tech?
1: Uh, I've always had an interest in business, you know, and so music. And I majored in music, but I also studied the music industry and business in college. And I I, I knew those were both gonna be part of my timeline in life. Seeing my dad, I I couldn't not explore that, um, but I'd never really considered myself running a tech company. It was one of those moments in life when you're asking the universe, you're feeling a little bit strung out and a little bored, like you want to try something and you're filling out applications for MBAs. And then this opportunity pops up. That's very terrifying. I knew nothing about tech. Like i remember, you know, being in these early meetings and be like, what does UX UI mean again? Like, what is that like, you know, and you know, fortunately I was just able to just sync my industry knowledge, right dead center in like a really world-class team of designers and engineers and technical founder uh, that were able to kind of teach me. And so those first couple of years, I mean, I'm sure you've probably been there when you're learning something new. I'm reading every book and I'm staying up every night just trying to read the words I heard in these meetings with lawyers, right? Uh, And it was so exciting. Um, I used to have this phrase that I carried around my whole life. I was like, you know, I can play a Bach fugue on the guitar. I can play Jimi Hendrix. I should be able to figure out how to like replumb my kitchen sink, right? Like you can do it. And I and that's that was always my tagline, but doing a technical startup, it's been just as hard as anything I've ever done. I mean, it, was, it was quite a challenge. And yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm really grateful I had the opportunity to do it. It's been really fun.
0: For sure, man. You know, you're in a, a, an amazing studio right now. And uh, you know, something that I think is really cool is that when people can merge what they love with the business so like when they can take something that they love and figure out how to make it profitable how to make it successful so you know what emotions did you feel or or I guess what did you what were you going through mentally when you found out that you successfully figured out how to merge the two together so you can kind of focus on doing what you love all day and still be able to provide for yourself and your family yeah, you know, well, I think it's, it's
1: definitely been a process because there's also a level of stress involved with running a company that I, did. I wasn't really prepared for that, like having people's salaries be part of what I, my work and having to raise money. And, you know, that we have all these people that are using the platform that are depending on it to work, to feed their families. So it's been a real journey of, of realizing, wow, this is a lot of responsibility And starting a company isn't just, oh wow, I've started a company, it's a breeze. There's a lot to it and a lot to learn. So, I mean, I can't lie, I mean, I've loved it. And I've also been, I take it really seriously because there's a lot of responsibility and that's not my personality by nature. Like I'm a like, let's have a great time kind of person in my spirit. Uh, So it's been a real great emotional curve and learning and accepting the responsibility and uh, taking it seriously and really executing because i have to now right and in life and usually until you get pushed in the corner to have to do something have to produce um it's hard to get the things done so i i think it's been a really educational time in my life i think that's how i look back and see it
0: for sure no and i think that's a great way to put it and you know when i was kind of doing my research and and you know checking out your website and looking at the history of everything you know, your website mentions that your team has a passion for serving the teacher community. You know, you mentioned just how how much it means to you to be able to make an impact with with what you're doing. So how did you pick your target audience in a way? How did you know that you wanted to kind of focus on or have your niche market be servicing the teaching community? Well,
1: it, that's a, an awesome question is you that know, we started with what I knew best. Right, so I thought I knew the music teaching space as well as anybody. It's so running a really successful company here, and come from a business background. But we quickly realized there was a lot of inefficiencies that I had in my own business operations, and that was like when we started the company, that was a really difficult thing. I thought Fons would just automate what I already did, and very quickly the the people that were designing the product with me, well, like, you need to go back out and do a lot more research because you don't what you're saying here is not efficient and. I had to swallow my pride and i went out and interviewed hundreds of people and then i started realizing wait a second personal trainers we should be borrowing from them because these people are goal-oriented they're money motivated they know how to like fill their schedules and charge what they're worth academic tutors you know um yeah, there's dog walkers you know there, there's people that that trade this time for money uh that share a lot but they don't share a lot of business they, they lived in very different worlds and what we found, and that fonts became kind of not vertical specific, right? It was like, it became like for people that do time for money, that book their scheduling, uh, that do appointments or groups or classes, this can really work for any of them. And we laser focused in on the business side of things, right? So for instance, like if you're a personal trainer, we're not going to give you a calorie count or whatever, whatever it is that they need to like keep track of their stuff. We're going to take the guts of their business, automate it. Right, and in doing that, we were able to take the best pieces from all these different types of businesses, right? So now the platform has all these different best practices baked in. You know, and there's a lot of music teachers now that are running their business like a personal trainer. And they're like, well, I'm making 140% what I used to make just by doing this little tweak. And my clients love it, right? So it's, a, it's been a really cool um, journey to find, you know, with, with what our niches are gonna be and how we're gonna serve them.
0: No, and I think, you Great know, you said, I think you said something really important, though, It's just you were able to kind of take a step back and interview hundreds of people to to get closer or to learn exactly what it is that you wanted to learn. And I think that's a really important process in running a business, too. It's not just starting out. Oh, I have a business, like you said, but taking the time to learn about it, taking the time to uh, engulf yourself in what it is that you want to do yeah and you know and there's just there's
1: no time to have an ego right i think i came into it being really excited about the opportunity and i very quickly learned that i had so much to learn and that it was really the the journey was going to be me giving a thousand percent every day for the duration of the journey because like right now we're experiencing a lot of really great positive growth and it's so exciting but that's it's just as hard or harder Right, because now you've got all you've got more customers to take care of, and you care about them. So it's now it's like, how do we scale it in a way that's meaningful and, and still have the same customer experience? So, I mean, it's kind of the great thing about doing a startup. Uh, it's why they always say like, don't do business, go into business with friends, right? But I would totally do a startup with a friend because it's like such a battle. Every day is just like such, a, and things can go so south so quickly in a single day that it's, you know, it, it forges pretty deep relationships with the people you work with, like the people on our team, they feel like family, you know, cause you're going for a big dream together. And, you know, so that, that's like another beautiful element to it.
0: For sure. And so, you know, I guess the word startup is kind of a buzzword now. Like it sounds super cool. It's glamorized in media. Um, it's like the coolest thing to do and to say you have like is a startup, but What are some of the things or what are some of the aspects of building a startup that stuck out to you or maybe even surprised you? Something that you didn't that you didn't know or something that you just learned and it stuck with you throughout this entire journey. Yeah, I would say
1: it's the when you're building a startup from nothing or from an idea is how important execution is like in life. We start a lot of things. Right, you know, New Year's resolutions or whatever. In a startup, you've got to execute. You've got to get, you know, you got to get incorporated. You've got to push that stuff through. You've got to get your legal affairs in order. You've got to have money in the bank. You got to build a team, right? So, in doing that, you're going to make a lot of mistakes, right? And I'm just, you know, I had people watching out over me those first couple of years. And I'm just, I mean, and I'm and they they were wise enough to let me make mistakes and feel the pain from it right? Because that's, I mean, that's, that's good mentorship, right? right. So, uh, it's a lot of sleepless nights, but so I think that's, that's the deal is that you learn, you've got to be very quick. You've got to make decisions. You've got to fail. You've got to make decisions that are going to be wrong. And I think that's the thing that I've learned the most is how to make a quick decision and then live with it. right? Right. And then be like, oh, that was a mistake and learn how to, you know, there's, you can't have pride. You have to apologize or, admit you're wrong a lot more than I had in my entire previous life, put together. Right. So I think it's also something that was really helpful being a creative, being an artist, and then moving into the space it allowed my mind to, to, to mold through those different moments and to picture creative outcomes and to, you know, envision what could happen. So it got, I mean, it definitely takes everything. So like doing it, like when someone walks up to you and says, Oh my gosh, Wesley, I've got got this great idea for an app, right? You're like, yes, that is awesome. It is really hard and really expensive to get 500 users on an app, right? Mm -hmm. And so not that you can't do it, but the reality is there's so much execution between those two points of ideation. And, And that's why if people are listening and you're thinking about doing a technology or a startup or whatever, it's like, definitely go for it, but don't be afraid to tell people about your idea, right? Because the reality is it's so hard putting it out in the world and telling people about it. It's still going to be hard for anybody who else who hears the idea. And, you know, it, the best thing you can do is just start doing it and and get ahead.
0: That'll for be sure. my encouragement. For sure. No, I mean, and there's definitely some great words of encouragement. There's some great advice, you know, to, to talk about your dreams and kind of speak it, speaking into existence. But, you know, a little earlier, you mentioned that, you know, this month, the company experienced you know substantial growth you know you had twenty thousand appointments booked you made a certain dollar amount for the month i mean it's incredible so you know how did you focus on expanding your company like what were some of the i don't want to say tactics but what were some of the ideas that you had in mind to to uh get that growth and experience that growth yeah well you know we have a
1: we've created a pretty what I think is a really effective marketing flywheel over, are you pre, are you familiar with that term of the marketing flywheel? Mm-hmm. Like all these, these different pieces we're putting together that take a lot to get off the ground. And I learned pretty quickly that my my skill is in building community. And and then, uh, you know, I was, for years I'm on the customer success. Like I will talk, I, I talk to customers all the time. I know hundreds of people that are using our app, right? I follow their businesses, I follow their success. That's the joy to me of doing it. So. At the center of our strategy is a real long tail thing. You know, I have this group called Bonds Family where we basically just have these great providers from all over that share advice because none of us are competing with each other. This is like the neat thing. Like, you know, if I'm a personal trainer and you're an academic tutor, uh, you succeeding and me succeeding have, they they go together. So this range realm we're all working in. I mean, if I'm a music teacher here in West Seattle, there's a guitar teacher like 10 blocks away from me. We're both packed, right? I, we, you know, it's like, there's no competition. So I I think that's like a really important piece to kind of add in. And aside from that, the long tail stuff, which is like the, we do a lot of business advice. My mission as a human being has been to elevate. And this is something that I thought would be really cool to share is that traditionally people that make do this type of work, they don't value themselves, right? They don't feel comfortable saying I deserve to make this much an hour. I don't deserve to make a really great living because they're used to being artists. And the trend has changed. And this is a very absolutely true and 100% effective tip, that the law of perceived value, right? If I was me in Seattle, and I'm just gonna throw, and I charge, let's say $100 for a guitar lesson. And I was me in Seattle, and I charged $20 for a guitar lesson, $100 me would get 10 times as many astute clients as $20 me, because so many people don't, they, they equate value with what they're paying because they don't know, right? And what happens is we are encouraging people to say, you're a professional. You deserve to make as much as an auto mechanic. You have a doctorate in music or in, or in physics and you're teaching this. Um, and that's their marketing strategy, right? So we pass that on to them and, and share these, these business tips. And what's helping fueling our growth now is that our customers are becoming so successful, right? They're breaking six figures. Uh, They're living great lives. You know, we had this great customer, a young piano teacher from Seattle that wrote in, that, that wrote this letter about it was, she was in her first house. And I mean, this story drives me nuts. She bought a house in Seattle and you know what that's like, man. And she was like, I can't believe I bought a house because I downloaded this app and I listened to Eric tell me to double my rates. And now I'm in a house. And I mean, it's just like, that was like totally worth it to me. So that. That's the real core of our marketing and our growth is the success stories and the fact that we really are trying to elevate the industry. Right. And we believe in the industry and we know it's going to grow a lot over the next decade. Um, but then we we also, of course, do like PPC and Google Ads and, you know, different things to kind of help fuel that. But the real I think the heart of it is based in the community, you know, and helping each other out.
0: For sure. You know, that's incredible. But I, I guess a question that I have is. You know, how was it for you personally making that transition from artist to creative to now founder and CEO of Fonds?
1: I was really ready for it, and I was really excited for it. I wanted it very badly. You know, I've always, I've always it, to be a musician and especially a classical musician, you have to want it. It's like it's like being an athlete or anything else. You know, it's like six, seven, eight hours a day of practice to play at a high level and I and I really love that and the startup thing was the same deal in the learning curve and I found that I really enjoyed it but you know I still teach 10 15 students every week cuz that's at the core of who I am as a human and it's been awesome you know half my students know that I work on fonts and half of them don't so I get feedback from them right which is really cool and something I'm really grateful for so you know it's like I'm never not going to teach music I'm never not going to write and perform music that's the core of who I am. Uh, and and, be, and it's, it's a lot to, to run a startup and still do that. But I feel like it would be disingenuous of me to stop. Right. And so I, I, I really enjoy putting in the extra time and teaching and
0: doing both those sides of things. For sure. So, you know, what would you say is the importance of having a team? And how did you focus on building your team? You know, again, I was
1: very fortunate to have someone put the team together at first. I was so out of my breath and you know, Jared, he knew everybody and he's like a household name in Silicon Valley. So when the idea started to come together, he was able to give me exactly what I needed. I did not understand any of the roles, what they did. I didn't know like what any of this, I didn't understand what the C-suite roles would do in a company. Like, you know, I was, if you're not around it, you don't know what the actual, like what does operations mean? Like, you know, that's a, and so I was very fortunate to have all the pieces put into place to build the platform. And then I, I feel really good that I was able to, to now that we're scaling and growing the platform is putting this team together to marketing and sales and knowing what we need. So now it's like we're building this team based on, being very agile, being able to change really quickly, uh, being able to really serve our customers, very customer forward. And so when the right person comes along, you know, we just, we're really grateful to grab them because it's, it's, it is truly like every single day, if something goes wrong, everybody's gotta be together, right? And when things are going great, we all get to celebrate together. So it's a it's a great scene.
0: How do you define success as an entrepreneur?
1: You know, I have to, I have to, I'm going to borrow it from, I don't know if you've ever heard the, <clears throat> there was a speech. It was one of the first business self-help recordings by Earl Nightingale. Have you heard this called The Strangest Secret? And this was like a million album selling thing in like in the fifties, right? And it was before wow. there was like the Seth Godin's and all this stuff. This guy had this, this, this record on, on mindset and I, I'll send you the link. It's like worth checking out because it's really inter- It's dated, but it's really interesting. And he had this, his tagline was, you know, success is the progressive realization of a worthwhile goal or while ideal. And if you think about that success is the progressive realization of a worthwhile ideal, meaning the person who is successful is anybody that's doing what they feel like is important to them. Right? So like, When I was playing guitar and living in an RV and traveling around the country, I felt massively successful. I had like a beautiful wife. We were traveling around the country. I was, I had to make like 180 bucks a month to pay for my RV, right? And then my gym membership, I felt successful. And so for me, I really feel, and especially as an entrepreneur, is that you need to have your own definition of success. And hopefully that's working towards something that you can sleep at night, that you're making the world better. Cause like, I know a lot of very wealthy people and enough to know that just wealth in itself has nothing to do with being happy, right? And so, uh, yes, I absolutely want to grow a really successful company and do that. But success to me is is always going to be that, that idea of continuing to work towards something that I
0: think is really meaningful and I believe in. So what are or who are some of the people that inspire you?
1: In like a, are you talking maybe in a professional context or more just like life? Both. Both. Uh, you know, I love to. You know, I, I'm I'm really inspired by art. You know, and beauty. You know, that's like the honest truth. Is I've always been really into. I mean, Jimi Hendrix inspires me, as like we talked about that earlier before, because, you know, and Jimi Hendrix and Bach, they had this really similar through line. That is really interesting is that they both in box time He he wrote music to glorify god meaning he only wrote for like a higher power and that is what fueled him to be able to create this body of work and if you ever listen to Jimi hendrix talk about creating music like he wasn't making it for himself but he was doing and they, they did they had the exact same attitude and and it's like that it, bruce lee another seattle you know yeah. authentic expression um I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm really motivated by people that all, that express themselves authentically, you know, have huge hearts, you know, civil rights leaders, Gandhi, MLK. Um, I'm really interested. I love to read. I love, I love the um, I'm into the Roman philosophers. You know, I enjoy those a lot too. So get up pretty much all over the place, but you know, I also have a really great family with a lot of love. So I get a lot of inspiration from that, a lot of ins- from my my parents and then my kids and my wife, great community of friends. So I feel a lot of inspiration from the world. What would you say is the most important reason for your success? I don't know. You know, um, that's a that's a great question. I I I it depends what I measure for my success, but I'm really I think that love is like a re- to be honest, as cheesy as it might sound, is that I've been really lucky and having great relationships. That's why this company exists. And uh, that's why we've built it. Caring about other people's success, um, trying to model that to my kids has been really important to me. And kind of, it makes it somewhat personal, but it's the truth. You know, those are the things that, cause the, our company is still young, right? We don't know what's gonna happen with it. I, mean, I know I've learned a lot from it and it's a great ride, but you know, it'll be interesting to see if we talk again in a couple of years where it'll be or what I'll be doing. But Right now I count my successes as the relationships and the friendships and the opportunity to do this crazy stuff, right? Like to be able to have a chance to run something like this, I'm really
0: grateful for that. So how would you like for people to remember you on your company? Huh. huh, these are,
1: these are, questions are really good. I, uh, I would like people to just remember that we, I'd like people to just to know that how invested we were in, in our customers. And that like, that we actually, I stay up at night worrying about it every night, you know, that like, it's not just a, uh, and I think we, we convey that, uh, that I really believe in their work. And I would hope people to think we're authentic, right. And that we're, you know, obviously trying to become a profitable company. We're trying to change how an entire industry is working and how they do business, which is, that's our challenge is they're not used to this. Uh, So I would like, I'd like to be considered a visionary in this field, as someone that has changed it. And I think that we're doing and having that impact there because there is an ego to it. It sounds really cool to be like, oh, I'm someone that got a lot of people to go from making 40K a year to 120K a year. And if I have some little piece of that, that feels really good, you know? So um, there, there's definitely an element to that, but that's a that's a great question.
0: For Sure. And so what is the future of funds look like to you?
1: Um, I, I would hope that the future of Fons, will, as it's growing is to be at the center of people respecting this type of work more. Right. And that's, that's what I, that's what I hope for the future as it grows, as it gets bigger, as we keep attracting more and more people that are really good at this work, um, is that people equate the name of Fons, right. With professionals, right. And people that are worthy of you know, making great livings. And, you know, because I think I think our future, if this—if we're going to make it through this thing, education is pretty key. Self-improvement is key. Like what you do, teaching people how to take care of themselves. Like people need to invest in that. And because that's what will make people happy and be good to each other. So that's, I would love for fons to be remembered for that, um, that social element of what we've worked on
0: eric thank you so much for your time today man i really enjoyed talking to you and i feel like man we have a lot in common i feel like we, we we think the same on a lot of things but before i let you go at the end of every podcast we like to play a rapid fire question game where i ask you three questions so if you're willing to play i'll go ahead and get started oh you know it oh yeah, yeah. i'd love that and hey and thank
1: you so much for having me i've really i've enjoyed your questions and getting to know you a little bit it's been really fun
0: so i look That's forward it. to more of it that's incredible thank you so okay question number one where's your favorite place to travel um my favorite place to, well my favorite place to
1: travel that I travel the most right now uh well in, in general would probably be my home place in virginia right wow. to go get grounded and see my family you know obviously i'd love to i love to go other places too but like that's where going to this mountain and hanging out and seeing my people is definitely a place where I go to kind of get back to earth a little bit
0: question number two what song represents your life the most
1: oh wow uh oh right what song represents my life the most (laughs) that was really fun totally unprepared for it um You know, probably right now, what I listen to, my 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 jam, it's gonna be is uh, "Your Hand in Mine" by Explosions in the Sky, which was the theme song to Friday Night Lights. Uh, if you haven't seen it, and it's like a banger that just makes your mind explode. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, yeah. So I would say that's probably that's that I'd say that's my current like soundtrack to my existence.
0: Great choice. And look, man, my final question. What's an amazing thing that you did that no one was around to see? Oh, an amazing thing I did that no one was around to
1: see. Um, An amazing thing I did. That's a tough one too. Um, Well, you know, I, I have... I've written probably two and a half hours of music this month, right? And so, and I'm proud of that because I I try to keep the creative spark alive, right? And this month is January, like things have been going well. So I've been flowing. So I come out to the studio at night and I've been writing again, which is hard to do when you're focused on working so much. So I, you know, I released a couple albums worth of music into the studio in the last 40 days or so. And I'm really proud of it personally. Like, I don't know if I ever do anything with it, but I'm just glad to be generating some sound.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nah, man, that's super dope. Eric, thank you so much for your time. And I really enjoyed this interview and I've definitely learned a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome.
0: Yes, sir. And before we go, can you let the people know where they can find you on social media and on the Internet and everywhere? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, if you, uh, fons.com is our
1: website. Uh, I, I, I like Twitter a lot to connect with people. I'm on LinkedIn at Eric Branner, but I'm also on Twitter at Eric Branner. Uh, that's, you know, which is a great resource for starting companies and founders. I'm sure you probably know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's where we are. And if anybody would like to check out our group, it's on Facebook. It's called Fonds family. And that's our business support group that I encourage anybody listening to check out. They're welcome to join. You don't have to use Fonds or anything, but it's just the the vibe there is just all these small business owners helping each other with everything from marketing to advice and growth. And it's, it's a really special scene. So I'd welcome anybody in your audience to check it out.
0: That's incredible, man. Thanks, Eric. You're welcome. Thank you.